Hello everyone, how are you doing? Hopefully you're doing well. Welcome back to the FPL Departed channel. If you are watching here on YouTube or if you're here live or if you're listening at the FPL show on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, I am joined today with Damo. How are you going, mate? Not bad, mate. Not bad at all. Another week, another week closer to Premier League returning and uh, yeah, it's going to be a, another cracking episode to get into. Yeah, the international break is pretty much done and dusted now. Don't think there's been too many bullets that we've had to dodge this week so far, which has been one of the nicer international breaks to us in a long time, which has been brilliant. But I think it's time for us to start thinking about what's going to happen from game week five and beyond. So last week we spoke quite a lot about our wild cards and when we're going to do that and some different options around that. But today we get an opportunity to sort of do some planning coming out of the international break, which I think a lot of people would have been spending some time deliberating for a week, which can be quite difficult. Um, And if you are watching here live, make sure you do get in the chat there and let us know what you've been doing, what you've been thinking or what you're planning on doing ahead of game week five, because Damo and I have released some different videos this week already. Damo's done a bit of his preview. I think his full preview pretty much is already up on his channel at Damo underscore 23 where today I have uploaded a ranking the top 10 most popular transfers in and did a bit of a tier list there. So if you're wanting a bit more insight into Damo's team and his thoughts, definitely go watch his video as well after the stream ends or you finish listening to the podcast or if you want to see who the highest transferred in players are and where I sit, where they sit with me at the moment with regards to being transfer targets, go and suss them out over on my channel. So let's start off, Damo. Have you made any tinkering or done any changes from either your videos or your position from the last stream? Nothing in terms of the video released this morning um, because I had something released, obviously, you know, not even 24 hours ago. But um, we have obviously made two transfers since we've last discussed on the stream. Um, And I will go through it right now. I'll bring them up on screen here for you too. Uh, yep. I think I do have last week's points up as well, just in case people need to uh, have a look at that. I will just say, uh, if you do want to see how we went a bit more of a do- deeper dive, do check out last week's episode, either on YouTube if you want to watch us, or on, uh, you know, obviously on Spotify, you can go back and listen to last week's. I now have got last week, you know, this week's team up, and you will notice straight away there is two moves. I did mention it, I think in game week three, Paul, I was thinking about going two 4.5 mil strikers. Yeah. Um, we've done it. We have definitely done it. So Joe Pedro is about to drop in price. We didn't lose any value. I did think it was at 5.5 to 5.4. It was actually 5.6 to 5.5. And with the amount of transfers going, didn't want to miss out. We double went down, um, which kind of forced my hand because I need funds for future moves. So It was worrying though, wasn't it? Because he shot up to that minus 98 very quickly. Like almost by the Monday, like last Monday or Tuesday, he was high 90s already. And the trend was he was going to drop. And I think he had a few... Um, times where he was like 98, 99 and missed the drop early Correct. in the week as well. And he's sitting at 92 to drop back down to 5.4. So I think we've done the right thing by jumping the gun a little early. Obviously very lucky to not have picked up an injury uh, in the international break here as well. Um, but what that meant is that I needed to find funds. I had points in the bank and I wanted to go from Bulldog to Udoji, uh, which means I needed to find funds. So it was Pedro down to Semenyo, um, which is a stopgap for a future transfer in game week seven is Semenyo. Um, and it gave me enough funds to get to Udoji, which is a very good spot to be in. It gives me the Sheffield fixture. allows me three good fixtures for defenders in my keeper, even though clean sheets are really not a thing at the moment. Um, yeah. And, you know, it gives me that 0.8 in the bank, I think. Is it 0.8 or 0.2? I can't remember. 0.8. Um, and then that gives me the funds where I want to do in game week seven, which is what we'll get into a little later in this uh, stream. Yeah, brilliant. So I will flick up my screen as well because I'm in a little bit of a different position to you. So this is where my team is sitting going into game week five at the moment. So I've made one move as well. Odson Edward has come in for Gia Pedro for me. I've got one more transfer in the bank, but I've also got 2.5 mil in the bank. So we've got a little bit of flexibility that we can utilize um, ahead of this game week if I want to. There's one move that I'm very tempted to make, but I might not make it at the same time. I'm not sold. Otherwise, I've got one more pivot move that I will bring up today. But 
We did speak about Odson Edward, I think towards the end of last pod. Yep. And I'm kind of settling on that game week nine wild card. So looking at his fixtures ahead, he goes Villa, Fulham, Man United and Forest. I expect Crystal Palace to pretty much score in every single one of those games. And with the amount of chances that Edward's been getting, I think there's a very likelihood that he could at least return twice in those four games. And if I get that out of a 5.5 striker, then I'll take that all day long. And what I initially wanted from that 5.5 striker was an option there that I, if I needed them off the bench, they're going to be dependable. And Jap Pedro just didn't turn into being that. We thought the minutes might've been there. At least I know with Edward, if I have to bench someone, I'm comfortable to bench him. And then if I get a player, not play, at least I know there's po- there's going to be points on my bench. Whereas Jap Pedro, you just didn't know it was, you know, was he going to start? Was he going to play half an hour? Was he going to get an opportunity? Is he going to actually take the opportunity? I know Edward hasn't been, you know, the most lethal of strikers in the past, but, you know, I think he's someone who's the opportunity's there and more than happy to have a look at him over four weeks. And then, you know, if I can get a couple of returns out of it, then, you know, it's a, di- a, it's a big differential. He's only owned by 2.6% of teams. I think there's a world where, especially against Fulham and Forest, both of them being at Sellers Park, there could actually be some big returns there for Crystal Palace. And as I started to look a lot sharper in front of goal as well. So that's where yeah, I'm seeing is. at the I moment. Really, and I really like the punt there, Paul. Um, I'm just bringing Odds and Edward's stats up for people watching on the stream. And if you're on Spotify, definitely come check us out there on YouTube and get in so you can watch all the goodness of us going through our fantasy football hub subscriptions you have a look at it the expected points 5.6 expected goals 0.67 expected you know x um xa is still only 0.13 but if you compare that to the rest of the people in the league and have a look at his average positioning and obviously the octagon here there's a lot of shots in the box a lot of shots in general shots on target are pretty good too um i just think everything points to this being a very good differential so i really really am jealous that you have him um, he's not someone that I'm going to move and get right now, but I definitely think later down the season, especially if he looks as nailed as he has been, even in games like 24, 25, etc., he might be someone that maybe in that second wild card for me, I'm going to be looking at as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think it's a very good pick. Uh, the stats on there, the fixtures, I think, are very good too. Um, and I think you made the point about Eze, who still has a really good numbers, um, just hasn't had the points on the board. But when you watch Palace play, a lot comes through these two. And I really do think it's a pretty shrewd pick from yourself. Yeah. So we'll see how that one goes. And I could have pivoted to Julian Alvarez, who's someone I do really rate. But what came back to my decision-making process there was, am I going to take a player of Ja Pedro out, who I'm concerned with regarding the minutes, for another player who, although has played 90 minutes every game, I'm going to have the same dilemma. So I've just thought, no, make the sensible choice this time. Take the player that's going to be nailed on and we'll go from there. So that's where I'm at at the moment. If I'm looking towards who I want to get rid of, there's two options. Um, and I'll get into those a bit later. I'm going to, I'll let you sort of start off maybe what your transfer plans are longer term. Um, and then I'll cycle back to my side and what that will look like. Um, where I'm at at the moment, but the midfield's really the only area that I'm looking at making wholesale changes with. So I'll um, definitely let you get the graphics that you need up behind you and then we can make a start on where you're at with your move. So if you want to talk us through your hub team, let's do it. Perfect. So look, in game week five, obviously I've already made my move, so we're not going to really discuss this too much. Um, And the reason why I needed the money in the bank is in game week seven, we now have the news of the double game week. So if you waited a little bit longer term like myself, I maybe would have went and got some menu straight to Morris anyway, but I am targeting the double game week. And I know that's a strange thing to say when it's Luton and it is Burnley. Um, they're not the greatest double game week, but I think if you're in a position where you've got two free transfers in that game week and your game and your Playing into wildcard in game week nine, you can really dead end your team into that double game week and not have to take a hit. Maybe even take a negative four if you wish, if you want three double game week players. Um, maybe four if you've got Bayer or Bell already on your bench. Um, and with that as well, uh, you get you know a couple of extra fixtures. It's maybe a good position to be in. Um, and in game week nine, you just transfer all the players out on your wildcard as well. So I think it's a nice time to attack a double, even though it's not the greatest teams. On game week six, that obviously means I will roll. The team is as it would sit up. 
you know, on, the, on screen right now with Botman coming in. All reports says that he's pretty fit. He could have pushed for injury and played the last game week, so I expect him to come in this game week. Definitely yeah. will be playing 90 minutes for Sheffield, you would imagine, or be playing, you know, and starting for Sheffield. So obviously we'll come in there too. And that allows us to be in Chilwell, Coel, all have good fixtures, even though I think Arsenal Villa will score. Um, Pickford against Brentford's a lesser of two evils because I believe Turner has a hard fixture in Man City. And yeah. then obviously the, the, the big midfield that I have is Salah, Madison, Bruno, Saka, and Buemo with Harlan, obviously, as captain. But in game week seven, there's one player that is a lot for me coming in, and it's Semenu to Morris, which means I have to find uh, a little bit of money from this team, and it works out that to find that little bit of money, it's an easy pivot for me. It'd be Cowell, one of my two Chelsea defenders, down to Anderson, who's a four-point mil. 4.0 mil starting uh, centre-back for Luton. Um, yeah. And the reason why I'm targeting two Luton, not one from, uh, you know, obviously Burnley, is the Newcastle fixture. And I think Newcastle will keep a clean sheet to goals and score. So, obviously, I don't think Bay is keeping a clean sheet. I don't think, you know, Foster or anyone like that's scoring for uh, Burnley. Could be wrong. Um, and I think there's a real big possibility that against Everton and against Burnley, two weaker defences, Morris will get chances. So, definitely want to be and I think there's definitely a chance that we've seen how Everton have attacked. They haven't really finished too many chances. Um, I think there's definitely a chance for a clean sheet. I will just say out there as well, Anderson's not a lock. Only reason he's in this team is he has scored for one set piece. We get two game weeks of data where we can look at Bell, we can look at Anderson. I think there's another one out there that's starting at 4.0 uh, that is a starting player for uh, Luton as well that escapes my mind right now. So I think for me, it's going to be is it Anderson, is it Bell, is it someone else at 4.0? Kabore. Kabore is the other one. Yeah, but he has been out the team. So we get information oh, starting right. again. Then, um, you know, I think Kabore would be the most attacking out the two, but at the moment he's been out of favour. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll go and play it by ear. At the moment, I think Anderson's most locked, only reason. And he has scored a goal. But I just think there's possibility for returns here. You get a couple of extra fixtures. Yeah. And look, I think from an attacking perspective, that's the way you'd want to probably attack the double game week. I think Burnley, you don't want to go near Burnley in this one because they go Newcastle and then they play Luton. And I just don't think no one from Burnley really has jumped off the screen that's really said, pick me either. I think yeah. we've seen a little bit with Morris as well, which has been ideal. And, you know, getting Everton and then Burnley, you know, in consecutive fixtures is definitely a play, you know, that's not the worst especially if you know you're going to wild card and then you've got cover on your bench anyway to get you through game week eight, then then there's no need to worry about that benching dilemma. Yeah, and in game week eight, uh, just touch on the TV quickly before I pose a question to yourself, Paul, but, uh, you know, in game week eight, I could roll with this team or I have one transfer which I can use because I'm going to not be able to save it for next week because I wouldn't be wild carding. Um, so, you know, if you look at that team on screen right now, which would be Archer against Fulham, which I love as a punt, and Harlan and Salah and Madison, Bruno, Saka, and Bremo, you doji, Chilwell with Stupid and Pickford. They have some really good fixtures in there. The only hard one's probably Stupid against Liverpool. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not bad, but if I want a Stupid long-term, would it be selling him and losing that 5.3 mil value um, that yeah. I have to buy him back for that? So it looks like I would be rolling in game week eight, and then obviously in game week nine, there will be... Who's Botman got in eight? Yeah, he's got West Ham. Mm. But the attacking turn of Stupid against our weak defence. Yeah, I'd agree. Uh, um, I would back that um and i'm obviously not playing anderson against spurs so um that's that's the no. one where i take the stupid as a bit of a punt um i could maybe move botman to someone else for one game week but i do plan on keeping botman past the wild card yeah so, i wouldn't bother then yeah that, but, that looks solid enough yeah correct and then just to get you to game week nine your team is never going to be perfect and especially when you're wild carding your dead ending into a wild card you're never going to have that perfect team if it's a, not a one week dead end as if you got a one week in between it yeah. was the exact week dead end obviously you don't have to worry about it too much and you can dead end into a team which for those that don't know what dead end means it means you just dead end your team with transfers to wild card them all out the week after so that's my plan i think it's a solid plan but my question to you paul as i stop my screen here is are you planning on uh you know going after any of the double game week players look i haven't at this stage but that's more because I've actually taken a bit of a break from really planning my side out. Um, the Odson Edward move really wasn't planned either um, until the weekend of the last of game week four. Once I'd seen the data and I'd seen the frustrations with Joe Pedro, and then he still didn't start, and then Ferguson scores the hat trick. So that was a bit of a reactionary move 
that I was content with making, which changed my plans. And then I've said from the international break, I'm just going to park the brakes a little bit um, and just start to reevaluate because then we had the announcement of the double game week through the international break as well. Look, there's a world where I could do it. My issue, or it's not an issue. I feel like if I'm selling any of my forwards, like the only player I'm looking to bring in would be Morrison. I'm not bringing any of the defenders in, I don't think. I think Everton are good enough to score against Luton anyway. I think we've seen enough of them going forward. They just haven't taken their chances. And I think Luton are just dreadful defensively. So I wouldn't back Luton to keep a clean sheet against Everton. They they probably will potentially against Burnley because I haven't seen much of Burnley's attack. But if I'm going to target anyone, it's Morrison. If I'm getting Morrison in, it's one of Jackson or Edward that goes. And for game week seven, Odson Edward plays Man United away, but then he gets Forrest at home. So I could make that move from Edward to Morrison, but it's literally moving a 5.5 for a 5.5. Or the other option would be Jackson goes down to someone and then I take a two-week punt somewhere else and use the money elsewhere so yeah there's, there's a world where i do look at morrison and i'd like to see what he does over the next two game weeks before i make that decision but I'm, it's not like it's something that i have to plan for i feel like if i've got one move i can make it happen but it's probably something i need to look into a little bit more before the deadline as well just so i know what my structure is going to be for game week six because i've got one free transfer at the moment that could be a deciding factor in me rolling that free transfer this week to give me two next week to prep me for seven. Yeah, which I like. And um, for those wondering out there, I think it's Morris, not Morrison. But I'm not. Oh, sorry. Sure. What did I call him, uh, Morrison? Morrison the whole time. I was trying not to laugh. But yeah. uh, a little bit of comedy gold for you guys listening back. That shows how much I know about him. Put it yeah, that way. Cor- correct. <laughs> and it's, it's not players you normally would target in a double game week. And I will say that, you know, some people think double game weeks are overrated. I definitely disagree with this statement because extra pictures are golden in the game week. Um, but out of any double game week, this is one where I wouldn't be going to break the bank or take a negative four, eight, twelves to get in so many players, even if you're planning on, you know, wildcard in the week after. Yeah. You look, and their fixtures really, all the way up to game week 10, are, are solid as well. So, you know, they go Fulham, Wolves, then they get Everton, Burnley, and then it Spurs, you know, in game week eight. So, the concern there is if you're bringing him in for seven, you just got to have a contingency plan to not play him against Spurs because yep. that's definitely not a fixture to target um, at all. So I'd be making sure that game week eight, you've got something. And if you are going to get him in, you're pretty much locking yourself in for a, a game week nine wild card. I'd feel because, you know, although he's a 5.5 striker, I think, you know, if you're going to not wild card, I'd rather go odds and Edward and not have the extra fixture or be prepared to be able to pivot off of, him to Edward because I don't like anyone else in that 5.5 striker bracket anyway. Long yeah, term. correct. I think long term, it does sound like Ferguson has a bit of an injury as well, so I'm interested to see what that does to Pedro too. Oh, I'm just sick of the games. Oh, don't worry. I'm just I'm I'm not putting any more eggs in the Pedro basket at the moment until he's absolutely nailed. I do think there will be a point come at later in the season when maybe Brighton are yeah with Europe though as well was my worry. That yeah, was a worry correct. at the moment, not knowing what's happening especially with europe and then feeling like i needed to rely on him to play yeah that's what i didn't like so that's the and I'll, if i was you i would have went to edward too or you know me i've got plans for the future which doesn't involve joe pedro i definitely think it's a good time to sell him i definitely think down the track he will be an option that we will look at longer term because i think any 5.5 starting striker that is on penalties is definitely yeah. very good but that's i wasn't I will just also say that, you know, for a very similar, uh, you know, player, but even though he doesn't play for as good as a team, we've all seen that Archer is going to be nailed starting, got goal for him. And uh, the rumour is he has penalties too. So, um, yeah, you know, that might be another option if you really need someone that's on your bench if you're going 3-4-3. Three, three, like, Paul, uh, my question to you, Paul, is, you know, I know we're not thinking about is it time to wildcard now, but on your wildcard, are you thinking you're changing up that structure for 3-4-3? Three, three? 100%, yeah. And that was a, a last-minute change for me. I was always locked into Harland and Gia Pedro to start with. And I was con- contemplating to the week FPL started was the week I was traveling back from Europe. So I was trying to watch what I could when I could 
it was hard because I had no access to any streaming services because I was locked out with no VPN. So I was just going off the Twitter highlights really all preseason. But everything I'd seen of Nicholas Jackson and everything I'd heard was that he looked lethal in front of goal. The movement was good. And the risk that I had to take was, will will it stay the same without Nkunku? Now, I'd say that from a eye test, what I saw is what I've got. I've seen the chances. I've seen the creativity. He had the finishing in preseason. He's lost the finishing at the moment. So... I was never locked into 343 until probably 24 to 30 hours before the deadline. Um, and then I went that way. And really, that's probably cost me a little bit. I'm about 20 odd points behind you, I think, at the moment. Yeah. And about 900,000 rank. So, you know, the gap isn't big, but it's big in terms of the rank. But I've also carried one less midfielder, but I've been lucky that some of the other picks that I've had have sort of saved me going the other way where I've picked up some points, but then I've had the benching of Udoji. So there's been those things. But if I was wildcarding right here, right now, I'd be in a 3-5-2, which is what yeah. I've shown on the on my channel as well with, with my wildcard team and, and what I'd be looking at with that side. I think I've got Archer as that third striker in case you do need the playing option. And then I'm not carrying a four million defender either. So it's pretty much a 15 where Archer's your cheapest player and your third bench option, which gives you great flexibility. And that's what I'm trying to work my team towards. And that's what I want to talk about now, because what this meant for my team going from three, five, two, and I had Mubama as the striker in that. And that what I wasn't confident with was Mubama being an actual starter and playing regularly for West Ham. So I still would have had this 4.5 striker slot on the bench anyway that I would have had to have fixed up at some point, which I would have been a transfer to Archer anyway. That would have happened at some point because you would have lost the value on Mabama. But what it meant for me and my team was I'm carrying Anderson here as the 4.5, now 4.4 million option on my bench, who is dead wood, complete dead wood. He, for me, he... Again, I didn't get to watch much of preseason because I was away on holiday and I didn't, as I said, I didn't have access. I heard he was making an impact off the bench. He was he was contributing. I was seeing that he was getting goals and assists in preseason. I assume that there'd been a, there would have been a bigger role for him this season, just off the back that he had some good preseason form. Now that's not been the case. Understandable that happens. My dilemma that I've got is one free transfer in the bank. 2.5 million up my sleeve. So 2.5 million gets me to 6.9 if I wanted to move Anderson up to give me the flexibility that I need with my team. The only other player that's up for sale potentially is Matoma, but I even don't like that because Matoma goes Man United away. Now, Man United's defense haven't been great. They've only kept one clean sheet, I believe, and that was game week one against Wolves where Wolves absolutely peppered Man United. They've had injuries. They've got no centre-backs. They've got no Luke Shaw. Defensively, Matoma could get a run against this side. Even on the right-hand side, I know Wan-Bissaka is a solid option, but Matoma is a very good attacker. Then he gets Bournemouth, Villa, Liverpool, and then wildcard, where he might even stay in my team anyway past that. So I'm not... Initially, I was sold on selling Matoma this week. That was the move that was going to happen and it was going to go up to Madison or Foden, one of the two. My issue is I really want Madison. I can't make it happen because I don't have the funds available to move Anderson straight up to James Madison. So that's the main concern. If we look at the 6.9, so let me bring up, I will condense the price down to 6.9. So bear with me if you are listening Along because I've got to change the screen over. That's fine, right? Let's change the right screen. I'm trying to think 6.9, you're probably looking pure money in the bank. Uh, you know, you could go Eze and double up in the Crystal Palace for your fixtures here. You could go uh, Diaby, who's starting to get in some good fixtures, even though I think he's better at a, uh, a post a wildcard game with nine sort of player. Um, and I think on top of that as well, there's not a real other big screaming names. I think Bowen's gone up from seven now, hasn't he? So, well, Bowen's up Bowen. to 7-1. So yes. if I was to move Anderson out of my team, I've got 
sitting there. But the issue I had with Bowen was he goes Man City, Liverpool, and that's just not oh, ideal. Yeah. yeah. So what I've brought up on Hub is midfielders that are up to 6.9 mil. And we've, I've got it filtered by their expected goal involvement so far. So for those that don't know, that combines the XG and the XA and gives you one value. So Brian and Bumo is out by country mile at this point of time. Surprisingly, Abdullah Dekore is in second. I wouldn't say that's inflated because his goal on the weekend was something like 0.9 XG because he was right on the goal line. So Yeah, and he's had a couple shots from like inside the six-yard box that he hasn't scored as well. But he has only had one shot less than Mbumo. So, you know, that's one thing to to consider. But anyway, then there's Pedro Neto from Wolves. Again, has has got three assists, surprisingly, and maybe going under the radar a little bit for a Wolves side that's struggling. But then it's Diaby. And Diaby's really the only player out of this list here that does stand out. So the rest of the list that rounds off, Dan Juma looks a solid option, but do I really want to be buying an Everton attacker? Then there's Matoma himself that I've got in my team. Then there's Enzo Fernandez, who looks to be playing in a bit more of a creative role from the start. Then there's Lucas Paqueta, Solly March, and Papa Saar. Yeah. So it's not... For me, my issue is I don't have a locked-in option if it's selling Anderson. Where it gets juicy is if it is selling Matoma and you bump this up to $8 million, just to get the, the whole scope of who's available. So if we're transferring out, not Anderson, but we're transferring out Matoma, I actually have nine mil. And what I was thinking early in the game week was do I just bring Sun in and ride the the poor fixtures that come about with the, the Arsenal-Liverpool double up? But then it also brings up Bruno Fernandes as an option as well. So he obviously plays Brighton in the same fixture there. Brighton haven't shown that they've been great defensively. And he has the highest XGI out of all of those players that we've spoken about. Then Saka gets into the picture and so does James Madison. So Madison, I might let you talk about Madison a little bit there because you've had Bruno and Madison and they're the two that have probably cost me the most. And by getting Jackson in, I took out um, Bruno Fernandez for that move as well. Because that hurt a little bit, you know, although Bruno's only had the one big return so far, but his data and his play and the eye test for Bruno looks very, very good. So I'm very interested in potentially buying Bruno for Matoma for this run. And Man United's fixtures, if I can bring them up quickly, They're just fantastic. for myself. Until game week nine, they go Brighton, Burnley, Palace, Brentford, and then he's probably someone that you end up holding through your wild card. And I can buy him on a slight cheap at 8.4. So that's the decision I have to make is do I roll? Do I turn Anderson into a really good playing player in Diaby or do I just move Matoma up to Bruno? Yeah, it's, it's a very interesting question. Now, obviously, being a Bruno and a Madison owner, um, I've obviously watched their games quite intently. Um, I want to say, firstly, I'm very, very shocked that this community of us, a football managing community, has, like, dropped Bruno's price with that many sales. It just shows everyone's very short-minded. You yeah. had a look at his stats, which Paulie had up. He is insane. Oh, in I'll bring him back up. Um, you know, the XG uh, or the XGI is, like, huge. And the amount of chances he is creating is huge. Um, it's always been the same old story of United that, you know, they, if they scored and if Bruno was a little bit lucky and they got more penalties, you, you know, et cetera. But this is a former 200-point player. And he's missed two goals that you'd expect him to score. He had the header against yeah. Spurs and there was one more edge of the six-yard box. I can't remember what game it was. Um, yeah, and look, I'm very glad a lot of the community sold him. I, I know that I don't like losing value or team value and it might cost me a wild card and... Well, latest wildcard draft, he's not in it, but that's only to fund other moves. He's someone that, you know, I'm so glad that people have sold him from a selfish point of view because I just see there's holes in his future. Um, and I think he's a guy that he's almost lockable for 38 game weeks because he's going to play every minute for United. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, my big call at the start of the year is he's going to outscore Rashford. And at the moment, Bruno's missed a lot of chance and people aren't finishing stuff and he's more on par with Rashford. I'm pretty sure very, very Yeah, he's had very the bigger return. Yeah. yeah, they'd be pretty close. So, I think when Bruno is on and he gets a return, he generally bonus points well as well. So I think he's someone that you definitely could move to. And even though you moved away from him, you could bring him back here, Paul, and save 0.1 mil doing that. So it's not the worst thing. 
And then I moved to Madison. If you want to bring up the, maybe the pair, compare the pair on your screen there, Paul, as I talk about yeah, both, well, it might be a, yeah. maybe a cool little aesthetic to put up there, is Madison is very central to what everything Spurs do. Now, he he drops deep, he gets on the ball, he creates play, he makes, uh, you know, he creates, uh, you know, chances for himself by taking shots from outside the box, as you've seen. He creates, uh, you know, um, you know, chances for his teammates by being that pass and that key assister. The one thing I want to say about Madison is he did take a different role when Sun was in the nine. And I think Sun's going to continue in the nine. And the role was more of, I'm going to create the space for Son to be the guy that gets this pass and it's going to score the goal. I'm going to create the space or create the pass that is the pass of the assister. That's the first time we've seen it. Yes, he got a return. It was a shot from outside the box. And yes, that's his traditional, I'm in the 10 roll, give me the ball, I'm going to hit one from here, or I'll be the guy that plays that pass. But if you look at a couple of the Spurs goals, it was one where he dropped in really deep, changes the tempo, plays a great ball to Poro, who then releases Son. Um, and the second one, when I think it's about Son's first goal, he actually makes a run where he becomes the nine and draws two defenders away so Son can receive it and then finish. My worry with Madison moving forward is that's something that's going to keep happening. That's not going to translate into or correlate fantasy points it's going to co- correlate to very good performances and probably some good bonus point potential but it might limit the returns that we've already seen from madison so i know that out the two madison's definitely been more pleasing in terms of an asset for points previously our game has always been about trying to pick the people that are going to haul next yeah i honestly think that even though the stats are very similar which i'm going to let you run for in a second i actually think bruno might be the better pick even though he's a bit more expensive but I actually think that could be the better pick for the next few games before your wildcard. Yeah, and that's that's the key. Like, I think if you're going to go Madison or Bruno on the wildcard, you could you could then get both in anyway for game week nine because Bruno's got that Sheffield, then Man City, and then Madison goes Fulham and Crystal Palace. And that could be an option in game week nine to wildcard and get them both in because they are going to be long-term options for us in a fantasy perspective. Now, what we can see is... The only sort of section, and it's funny because Madison's now picking up the creative role where Bruno is killing him on the, the creative aspects of, of the wheel. So expected points has been the same. Expected goals are very similar. Madison's had a lot more shots on target. But when we look shots overall, they're identical. They're li- like literally identical for shots. So when it comes back to Bruno not, taking his chances that's what we're seeing here is that bruno is not putting his shots on target at the moment that data he's too good of a player for that not to turn around when he gets brighton burnley crystal palace brentford sheffield united over the next five game weeks and then from a creative perspective he has better data than james madison as well so i'm looking at it because madison has scored what's that 11 more points than bruno yeah that is mental that he's got you know he's got four. He's got four returns compared to two, so he's doubled the returns. I'm just worried with the Arsenal Liverpool fixtures. If there's a world where I can get Madison in in game week eight and have them both in already in game week eight ahead of my wild card in game week nine, I think that's the, the goal. And if Madison then does find a way to return, then that's fine. But that's what I'm sort of thinking long term is: can I get Bruno in right now for? Matoma, and then can I make the funds via downgrading some of my defense? Because I do have quite a lot of money in my defense between Vardiola, Stupin, and, and Chilwell. Can I move one of them down to move Anderson eventually up to Madison come game week eight for that fixture there against Luton away? Because I don't think you'd want to go into that after Luton would have played two games in game week seven. They're going to back onto that. The third game for them is going to be Spurs, and Spurs could absolutely smash Luton in that game as well. Correct. So that's where my mind is, and I think if I, if I was right here right now, I had to make a decision on what's going to happen with my team. I think Bruno does come into my side, so let me get Hub back up because this keeps happening and I don't like it because I have to keep re-adding the screen, but it's okay. There we go. So there's my team. So yeah. if we take Matoma out for Bruno, that leaves us with point three in the bank. We move on to game week six. Again, we try and... Oh, I don't want to do this. It this is one thing, Hub. 
got to stop verifying everything. There we go. Got it first time for once. Game week six, I'd like to try and roll because there's no poor fixtures in there. Edward gets Fulham. Jackson gets Villa at home. Harlan gets Forest at home. Then we get West Ham, Tottenham, Burnley, Everton, Forest, Villa, Bournemouth. Goalkeepers, I'm just going to have to ride with. Game week seven, we get the double game week. I don't know if I'll be able to actually get Morris in unless it's Edward going sideways. But again, we've got two transfers at this point. I could just bring Morris in for Edward here, you know, as a one move, keep one in the bank, get to game week eight. Then we've got Vardio against Aston Villa. Uh, sorry, against Arsenal. That just for argument's sake becomes a 4.5 million defender. Let's just put in Anderson. I don't yeah. know how that's only gone to point three. That's a bit weird, but anyway. Yeah, it's always been a bit weird there. Anyway, and then if we can then make Anderson, you know, or if we can make some money, you know, in the weeks leading up, then we can at least try and get ourselves to Madison there at that point. So that's the thought process. I don't know what's going on with my hub. Let me... They did this to me in my uh, draft video I tried to do this morning where it kept saying that the money was not there even though it was there. And then, yeah. So what do you think of that? How did I lose point oh, three? Unless I'm yeah, it, it, it's it's a weird, it's weird. It doesn't factor in if you already own them and stuff. It's uh, it, it's like once you start changing your team around, it then goes and tells that your values yeah. are up, whatever. Um, and then like I moved Pinnick to Henry twice, and it went from point negative point one to negative point three, and I was like, huh? Um, yeah. But yeah, it's a, it's a, it, hubs being weird. I think it's a good move, and I think it's a good strategy, and I do think Bruno's not bad. I think the question then becomes, you know, on game week nine wild card, is it Bruno out? Is that Bruno in? Um, I, I, the way I'm thinking about doing my wild card, I did my video this morning with Saka, and I've already changed my mind that I might go without Saka on the wild card and go with just Bruno, which yeah. I know people are watching this going, hang on a second, Bruno hasn't had returns and Saka's had returns. Um, if you watch Saka's Arsenal... Saka's live test hasn't been good. No, and I think until the wild card, I'm obviously not going to take either of them out because what would I with my stack five? But if I want the likes of Diaby and I want the likes of a Watkins... Um, and I still want to hold Madison, I still want to hold Salah, um, you know, I'm going to have to sacrifice, you know, Bruno or Saka down to Diaby. Um, and I honestly think as I sit here, even though I know I left Saka in my video today, I definitely am more leaning towards the camp of Bruno. But I will let the two fight him out. And if Saka looks really good over the next few game weeks, then that's something that I'll look at. We'll obviously look more longer term what we can do in uh, wild cards. But I honestly think if you look at Bruno's fixtures from now, Post wildcards like game week 13, 14, they're incredibly good. Yeah, and then so strong. Them. All the way and, up to 17, really. Yeah, and I think you can get Sakharina like 14 or 15 and gets like Wolves and Luton and someone else, and it works out yeah. very, very well as well. So, you know, at the moment, I've got a game week nine wildcard team that is, you know, nearly settled. Um, and because if I go from Saka down to Bruno, uh, you know, keep Bruno, then move Saka down to the RB, instead of my video disappointed with someone, I was 0.2 out. It now tells me I'm 0.6 mil in or 0.4 mil in, which uh, makes sense. But yeah, it's a, a hub is being a bit weird if you take players in and out as you're playing around. Yeah. Look, I guess the main concern there is Matoma is probably someone who I'd like to get in at some point again, probably post wildcard as well. The issue yeah, I've got there is what is Ansu Fadi going to do to this team? Is he going to be healthy as well? There's just, there's a lot of factors there with Brighton and I'm trying to sell my Brighton assets at the moment. And I know it's not ideal when they got Bournemouth at home next week, but I just think the pull of Bruno and it's a 40%, like from a differential perspective, it's crazy. But Matoma's a 40% owned player and I think Bruno's in the 20s. Like that's like yeah. from a differential perspective, I'm actually better off having Bruno in my team. Although Correct. it feels like everyone in the FPL community has a Bruno where a lot of the general players have Matoma because of what he did last year. And it might be that there might be more engaged managers that might be moving towards Bruno because we're going to target the fixtures. And I think that's where I really want to be. I want to be targeting the fixture runs. Brighton's fixture run right here, right now, isn't fantastic. I've got the opportunity to move to someone who is a good player with good underlying data, with a good fixture run. That move makes it feel like it's the sensible option over holding Matoma because I want him in a month's time where he could get an injury and then I don't have him for that run anyway. So that's where my yeah. mind is at the moment. And do I use the transfer now? Yes or no? That's where I'm sort of thinking I do make the move now because next week it puts me in a position where I can roll next week into seven with two 
going into that. So and I, like, I like that thinking because I know we, we like looking long term, but you know, when you are playing a wild card, your long term should be just to the wild card because in the wild card, you can change exactly what you need. And if you need to make 12 transfers to get that one player in, if that's Matoma for you, Paul. Um, and so, be, and look, here's someone on my wild card that I think is going to be nailed, even though he goes Man City. He then goes a lot, a lot full of Everton, Sheffield, Nottingham Forest. Yeah. And then Chelsea haven't been great. Brentford haven't been great. Then Burnley. And that gives you the way to like game week 15. Uh, and then you've got Bruno with a similar run as well. Yeah. And then when Bruno gets like game week 17 with like Liverpool, you know, Saka all of a sudden goes Brighton, Liverpool, West Ham, which is very similar to what Bruno does. But, you know, if you wanted to pivot. I know oh, then there'll be other options. And I know it's weird to say that I'm then looking with no Arsenal asset moving forward, considering how good they are. It's just things haven't looked as good as they should be, and the starter's not been as good as United's starter and stuff. Um, don't get me wrong. We don't know I how do... Europe's going to affect Arsenal either. That's a whole other ball game that we need to consider Co- too. Correct. Um, I, I definitely think there's a room for Gabriel Jesus, and I definitely think, you know, if you have Watkins to start your wild card, Jesus could be an option. I just think last year we held, you know, we held Odegaard, we held Saka, we held Martin Jesus, we held Martin Eddie, we hold them all, like, throughout thick and thin, because I didn't have Europe. I think this year, from what we've seen, it's not been as clicky. You know, it's not yep. been as, you know, everything's happening straight away. It's not Every fingers. game. Correct. It's not been as fluid, that's the word. Um, and I think with Europe and that, it might be the case that this year, instead, the adaptation, especially with so many midfielders, is there's going to be right times to own Saka and Martinelli and Odegaard. And it's going yep. to be... Wrong times to hold them, hold them, where last year we could hold them for if we can fit. So maybe this post-wildcard might be the time where we actually go and say to Bruno and people that have good data like Madison or even Son, if he's playing in the nine, who I think should be you know, quite nailed in the nine, um, is maybe options that we look at. That we didn't have last year, and that's the key as well. I think last year we didn't have the midfield options that, that we've got this year. You know, like That's what's putting the pressure on getting the right five in which is where I'm at. And I'm still going to be in a position where I've only got four midfielders. So I'm going to have to ride the four that I've got probably to the wild card. But, you know, I think you're 100% right there. And I think for me this year, I need to play the fixture game better than I have before. And I think there's going to be times this year where you're going to have to sell players that have performed, maybe not with the greatest data, but have got returns. For me, Matoma is someone who, although the numbers aren't, 100% 100% there. He's only blanked once, I think, out of the whole yeah. season. And it's funny, you know, you tell me, you know, he's gone 5 12 1 5, and I'm thinking of selling him. You'd think I'm crazy, like in historically. But when I've got options like Sun, Madison, Bruno, Foden, who are all gettable, and Diaby with a good fixture run, you got to take data, fixtures, eye test, and put it all together and go, I've got to give myself the best opportunity to get returns over the next four to six game weeks. And that's right. where I'm at at the moment. And, and that's that's some advice, you know, for everybody. Don't be stubborn with players that you like because I really like Matoma, but the time to own him is going to be game week nine onwards. Correct. And like... And if there's a better option out there that's going to get your points in the short to midterm, then that's probably the option, especially before wildcard. I do think if you're wildcarding now and you have to hold that wildcard game week, you know, 27, 28, 29, then I don't mind you going, oh, I'm going to keep my tone on my wildcard because I've got to hold him for so long. Yeah. But then there's also a case to say maybe it's worth moving to Eze and then maybe it's worth moving to someone else to Diaby and then moving back to Matoma. Um but yeah, look, I think you cannot go wrong before a wild card and taking a few, not even gambles, or, you know, taking a few sort of putts, even though I don't think Bruno's a putt on data. Yeah, but it's, it's it's shaving my the rank in half for that spot. Yeah. And that's the thing for me. Like, I'm not even in a position where I'm rank chasing. Like, I'm yeah. just over a mil, which is fine. I'm happy to be within, that's within the top 10% of players coming through four game weeks, which is fine. That, and and that's tight. the relative thing. And it's so tight, exactly. But that's like, How thing. many total points are you on? Um, I'm on... Let me bring up our classic league. I'm on uh, 253. So I'm 30 yeah. points behind... I'm 30 to 29 yeah. points behind you. And yeah. I'm a million rank off you. Like, that is nuts. Yeah, correct. And, like, you might be thinking 29 points is massive. But if you factor in in game week 28... 
Paul, you know, gets a bench boost right or gets the uh, transfer right or a triple captain like I did with Rashford. Or I get the Udoji bench point I missed out on. 12 Correct. points, I've halved that gap. Like, And you and get the Archer are, 12, you know, there's the gap. They're correct. Really. And there's, these are all the little nuances where at the start of the season in game week four, you know, the rank doesn't really matter too much. No. The only thing I'll say the difference between the rank between me and Paul is, look, I think Paul's realistically a big shot winning FPL is probably, you know, there's been a balloon that's been popped slowly look, and it's slowly yeah, losing. Starting you know. with Nicholas Jackson... Is the yeah. is the thing that kills that for anyone that started with Nicholas Jackson? Correct. It doesn't mean your season's over though, because no, he's actually it, had the data. He could start returning, and then the roles get flipped. And this is where you just need to ask yourself: What is a successful year of fantasy football for yourself? And like, yeah. if anyone ever sits here and goes, "My only successful year is winning FPL," or well, then I'm sorry, the chances <laughs> of that are one in twelve million, and uh, maybe You're better off in the lottery. Correct. Maybe a bit less. I know there's one in 12 million players and stuff like that. But, you know, the realistically speaking, maybe it's about six mil, four mil engaged managers, right? Or something like that. You know, it's got it's very hard to do. You know, you select a group of people do it. But if you're setting yourself goals like top 50K, top 100K, you know, I know I've set myself a goal because I blew top 50K last year because I removed Parliament for two game weeks and it really put me back. That to the point where I was at five or six million, I still finished top 300k and top 40k in the double chance, chance league or whatever it is, second chance. Um, it just shows that if you have those realistic goals to work towards, the rank here in game week four doesn't really matter. You know, yeah. your goal would be to finish in the top 100k, top 200k, I would imagine. And if yeah. you're only 29 points off me and the rank difference is a million and I'm in the top 50k, you know, the difference between you is, uh, you know, in your goal to top 100, 200k is probably going to be half that. So yeah. anyone that's worrying about rank or, you know, on rank chasing, or that's why I'm picking Matoma, sorry, Bruno over Matoma, I don't think that's the right play. If you're picking them over data and it works out that there is potential rank gain because of that, then that's great. You know, yeah. if I cared about my rank, would I have started Archer against Everton last week? <laughs> yeah, definitely not. Yeah, but, because of the know, risk. Because of the, the risk involved. I, I played enough football manager to know Archer is a really good striker or football <laughs> manager. Right. And I've seen Archer play and have snippets for him in the championship. And, you know, I do watch a lot of fan pages, a lot of Villa fans preseason asking for, you know, asking Villa to keep Archer around and play. So I knew what was coming and I knew that Archer with the 10 was always going to start. So for me, there was potential rank game. So I used it and I get lucky. Right. Yeah. But, you know, we never talk about the moments where if I picked Archer, then he gets one point and a yellow card, you know, and he pays yeah. 55 minutes so he gets a zero where we, you know, yeah, we're we we talking about it. that at all. Yeah. No, you know, we only talk about the really big ones where, you know, I sold Harlan, so, you know, last week three got two hat tricks last year. We yeah, talk about we're, that. We're and we talk about Archer. So I don't think rank matters. The only thing I would say about my rank compared to your rank right now is that maybe my potential winning foot fantasy Premier League's higher because I've started well and better. And I think well, there's an algorithm out there. Well, the, the main move that happened between us was the Madison versus Correct. Jackson. And it's, really, it's, it's that's the swing. Yeah, that's the swing, and it's one swing, and that's the and that's the advice I'd give. Like, just if someone was that frustrated that they were uh, that like Vardiol, you know, like for me, Vardiol getting benched was frustrating because I speak so much about having secure minutes, and that was my Gabriel. But if I'd kept Gabriel, I would have got the twelve from Udoji. Like that's fine, that's line, like real fine lines. Like how do you plan? How do you plan and prep that? Like when would I have been accepting of taking a price fall to get a player who might come up? Like, you know, you're never thinking. And then the week after Vardiol gets benched, like what are the chances? But then I do end up getting Jao Pedro one pointer or something. Like that's the frustrations of FPL. But Incorrect. we got to ride it. Correct. And the only last thing I want to put on that is I'm going high risk, high reward right now with two 4.5 mil strikers. The template is Sterling. The template is Jackson. The template is... You know, maybe moving to Isaac or having Watkins still, even Gabriel Jesus at two two percent ownership, and I think he's going to start this week and moving forward is massive. Yeah, he could be right? huge. Um, these teams that have those options where I don't are going to slowly come to the forefront in the next few weeks, and you know, I might be top forty six k right now. I could be three hundred k by the time the wild card comes. You know, no one's ever going to have that perfect season. And if you look at people that do their big let's talk FPL video and FPL focal when they win fantasy Premier League. 
you realize a lot of things went right for him throughout the years. So, you know, is Archer a, a stroke of genius and having Max from the start something something special? Maybe, but more realistically, Paul, I, I've just started yeah. well enough to still finish top 50k and I'm happy. Yeah. And that's and that's probably a good spot, you know, for us to kind of finish on for, for this part of the game week anyway. Because what we typically see around the international break is panic. And it's not time to panic at all because everyone is so congested and there's so much to happen. And look, I'm just looking at Nicholas Jackson. He's 20% owned, 19.2. He's probably around the 25-ish percent owned at some point over the last few weeks because he's looking like he's going to get a, a little price drop here at some point. He's the type of player where in the past, if you told me that I had Vardiol, Gabriel, and Nicholas Jackson, I'm probably taking a minus four to get rid of them all. You know what I mean? Like, And that's the difference where we're looking at making sensible decisions without a data informed. Now, two of the three things tick out for me with Jackson. It fixtures, data, tick, tick. Eye test is probably a 50-50. The eye test for him to be in the right position, tick. The eye test of him finishing in the league has been a big cross at the moment. You know, if, if he puts in the chance against Liverpool that gets fizzed across the box and he puts in that one against Nottingham Forest from two metres out that he's lunged at. Because, exactly. And then you're picking up all these extra points and you're going, all right, well, there's no problem. But the fact that he's got no confidence and he's lunging at a ball that he should just take one step and volley it as hard as he can from four yards out is a big difference maker. Correct. And as someone that doesn't own these players that you mentioned, like Guardiola, Jackson, Sterling, you know, whatever. Well, the Sheffield United clean sheet as well that I lost because Walker had to back heel the ball back into play. Correct. These are all the little things that you can weigh up throughout a season. As someone that doesn't own these players, you know, uh, in a perfect world, I would, but I've chosen Salah over these guys, right? And I've chosen a five-man midfielder, Madison, Bruno, and Saka. So I don't have this luxury. I get worried every time a game rolls around and go, shit, I have to watch Chelsea now. And yeah, or is Man City going to keep clean sheet? Correct. And I sit there and go, well, here we go. I've just been lucky that this season I haven't been punished by that, but previous seasons I have been. And that's not being ill-informed. It's just taking, I just think the points from a Salah and an Embremo is bigger than having the points of a uh, a Sterling and a Jackson, for instance. Yeah. You know, and I've been lucky on that side of the coin, but there will be game weeks. And I think from now through to game week nine, where that will flip back the other way, as it always does, there's always this swing and roller coaster fantasy Premier League where we all go out and we'll end up very, very all very close to each other in the end of the day, whoever which way you fall on that coin. You know, it's uh it's the dual edge of the sword. And uh, I think as if you own those sort of players, I wouldn't be panicking. I wouldn't be, you know, going out my way to get Sun in, even though I think Sun is a very good option. You yeah. know, from Sterling for instance, because he's had one blank after you brought him in after a nineteen big, yeah, big nineteen point haul. Um and you know, if it just if you keep giving yourself realistic goals, you'd be surprised what you can do. Yeah, and just staying engaged is just the key. Like I'm having a pro year. Yeah. Well having a process and sticking to it is the big thing for me this year is like what is the plan? Like, am I gonna go week by week and flip flop and change and all the rest of it? Like I do when you get frustrated and and then the game weeks flip quickly and you gotta make quick decisions and there's price rises and falls and all that. For me, I'd rather take the extra day of data and actually going through my process to go, what's the smart decision that aligns to the way that I play FPL? Now, the way I play FPL and the way you play FPL and the way Don plays FPL and the way all the listeners play FPL might be different. But I'm really trying to be a data-driven first with the eye test of what I can see because it's not realistic for us to be able to see everything because the way that the games happen for us and that's fine. But it's just for me having almost a philosophy about the way I'm going to go about my, my way with, and almost to have a coaching a, a approach to the way that I have FPO and it's different to the way that you coach, you know, proper. Yeah, correct. And I've got but, a question for you relating to all that, Paul. Sorry to cut yeah. you off there. My question uh-huh. is, is like we're on the sofa at your house last week. We planned all the way to game week 19 for a game week 19 wildcard. Did yeah. you have fun going through that process? Did you have, you know, fun understanding the little nuances and looking at yeah, the data and stuff? You yeah. know, it's not and, like it's a chore to plan your transfers. You know, and no, it's not like and, it's a chore to look at. And even if I don't follow through with it, like I'll bring it up now. My plan was 
Anderson and, and Salah out for Bruno and Madison this week. That was the plan. If I was yeah. to follow that. Doesn't say Odson Edward in there at all. But I have made a bit of a, a reactionary move, but that's because of the situational change. So I'm still going to use that as a structure to what I want because it's still that's still relevant to the fixtures. Like that's what that plan is in an ideal world. If I don't have to change anything, that's maximizing my team. So, you know, if I'm looking at this for the next move was Bayer out, Trippier in. There's no way that that move happens now with given the double fixture for Bayer where they verse each other. But do I still look at moving someone to a Newcastle defender? I've been speaking about needing to make funds. Is that a perfect week for Vardio to go to Botman so I can make some funds to move someone somewhere else? So that's just where I, I like having the plan long-term. Obviously, it changes post-game week nine because the team's going to be very, very different if we go game week nine wildcard, which I think I will I anyway. But that's that's the fun of it. So have a plan, but then be know when to pivot is probably like... The Pedro thing I had to move on. I just felt like I was carrying him, Bayer Anderson. I was really I was carrying three bench players that I had no confidence in being able to play. And that was the concern for me. I needed flexibility. I was relying on an eleven. Odson Edward gives me at least an opportunity this week to bench a Stupinen if I need to, which I think I will. It's really hard because Vardiol has West Ham, Udoji has Sheffield at home, and then Chilwell has Bournemouth away. I needed some flexibility, so I've made a move there that gives me one extra playing player. So that's where you can deviate away from the plan if things do go, you know, away. And that's the beautiful thing, you know, we, we sit here and we plan what we want to do in an ideal world. And I think if you have that plan, it gives you clarity of, okay, if everything goes right this game, this is what I'm doing. You know, and it takes some of the guesswork or some of the emotion out of it. You know, yeah. there's nothing worse than sitting there on a Sunday night, and I've been there plenty of times. And I've gone, well, he was horrid. I am getting home or Saturday, Sunday morning for us, Paul, at one in the morning. How many times yeah. I left your house? I'm like, I'm going to call you in 20 minutes on this call because I'm going to revamp this team and I'm going to take this guy and this guy out after that performance. Yeah. You know, nothing worse. It gives you the clarity and the uh, ability to sit there, look at your plan and go, what needs to change in this plan to make this game week successful in the future ones? You know, yeah. for us, both of us was Pedro. So how he comes, you know, for you when we made our original plan for yourself was not a game with 19 wild card, maybe a game with nine one, right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden the plan now looks more short term, which is what you've done. I think it's a good move. And I encourage anyone listening that, you know, if maybe you're a little bit more on the fence or maybe you're not happy with how your rank's going or previous seasons, it might be worth spending half an hour going through, looking at a little bit of data or, you know, really planning out how your team's going to look moving forward. And if that's something that you can't bounce ideas off, well, I'm very lucky I've got you, I've got Dom, I've got other people I speak about fantasy with. Yeah. You know? um, if that's someone that's out there that doesn't have that channel, we do have our Discord, which we have a lot of people that bounce around in the FPL chat. Um, and you have these streams to come in if you're listening on Spotify that you can speak about this stuff as well. We can always help you out and have yeah. that chat because it really does help, you know, keep your game plan and planning for future game plan weeks uh, in check. Yeah, and it's just an opportunity to see things through a different lens, I think, as well. And that's probably the, the best way to wrap things up tonight as well is, you know, get, get involved with the Discord because sometimes we miss things. Sometimes we don't see things. Sometimes someone sees something from a different perspective or a different bias because it's, sometimes it's really easy to fall in the trap of I'm going to back someone from my team. You know, you look at Liverpool at the moment and you look at Luis Diaz, that's someone who I've had to really look hard at before I actually suggest is Luis Diaz a viable option or is he, or is it that that's what I'm seeing from my team? So I've, you know, and it's taken me a while to get to that point that I've actually accepted that he is a good option, you know, if you don't have Salah. So, you know, getting amongst the discord, the links should be in the description. It's all over everywhere. It's in the socials. Yeah. Make sure you get in there. Make sure you're commenting on these videos as well. If you do have specific questions related to what, we're talking about getting the comments. Make sure you subscribe. There's going to be plenty of content here on the FPL Departa channel, predominantly the longer format. If you want to speak about my team or Damo's team independently as well, go over to our channels, which are on the screen. All the whole podcast are on the screen. There are names here. 
Um, make sure you jump over and, and leave some comments there um, regarding what your thoughts are or what you're doing with, with your sides because we do value that that connection and that does really help us in, in growing the channel as well. So, Damo, once again, as always, thank you very much for your input tonight. Thank you very much there, Paul, and thank you to everybody listening and people that are in the chat, etc. as well. And, uh, yeah, definitely echo what Paul said. Get in the Discord, get on the channels, ask as many questions as you want. We always, especially being a smaller community, uh, I nearly guarantee we're always going to respond. Yeah, done. So, look, that's another preview wrapped up there will probably be another video from me over on my channel previewing my side and i've got some thinking to do with regards to that second transfer this week um and we'll go from there so once again thank you for listening along or watching depending how you are accessing this make sure if you're not watching over on youtube you do come over fpl dopata on youtube to jump in the streams we're hoping to lock in tuesdays i think long term as our night of recording so we can get some consistency there and then with a Wednesday night release of the podcast. So it does take a little bit of time to move across, but that's it for our Game Week 5 preview. Hopefully you have a great weekend and we'll see you for Game Week 6.